Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Welcome back to Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. No Canty, no Carlin today. Drew Carter, Amber Wilson back with you here on ESPN Plus as well. But we do have one of the co-hosts of the show calling in now. It's Chris Carlin, been hosting Greeny from 10 to 12 Eastern this whole week. And Chris, let's start here. Starting tomorrow, you're hosting with Amber for like two weeks in a row. How do you prepare for that? What's the key? How do you, Carlin? Well, I think the bigger, really the bigger key is to ask Amber how to prepare for that. <laughs> I mean, I'm prepared. I'm ready. I'm excited. I'm ready to uh, fill in here for for Mr. Canty as he goes on his wedded bliss and honeymoon. Are you not going to the wedding, by the way? What was the situation there? Were you invited? Uh, I am not uh, able to make it to Chicago this weekend, mm. unfortunately, with the doorstep of the uh, football season started. So. I will uh, not be attending the wedding, unfortunately, but I did, you know, we sent a gift along and we're very excited for them. And, you know, I'm fired yeah. up for them. It, it's just, I mean, you know how this is, Amber, like there, there are so many things that can just turn astray. And the next thing you know, somebody's gone broken arrow and you can mess up in the next couple of days that could really screw up the whole vibe of the thing. Well, and he's got a high expectations for this wedding because this man has been talking about this wedding for the last year that I yeah. think I have known Chris Canty. So uh, hopefully he's not setting himself up for failure there. I have heard you on air say before that you are now at a point in your life where you don't actually want to go to weddings. So Carlin, level with me. Are we sure it has anything to do with football season? Or uh, did you, you know, it, you'd rather be in front no, it does. of the television? No, no, than, no it absolutely uh, does. It does, but I have reached that time. I mean, listen, I I have so many friends that in their 20s, and, you know, hopefully you'll get the point here, is that they went broke because they were in so many wedding parties. Like, I had a friend who was in seven weddings in one year. Like, I don't need that many friends. <laughs> I don't need to go broke traveling all over the country. And you know what? I don't need an 18-person wedding party. I, I got a couple of people that are important to me. That's about it. And so would I rather not go to the wedding? Good chance. I, I would say there are probably, outside of family, probably about 10 people in the world that I would attend a wedding for right now, other than write a check and not have to go, because that money is money well spent. Right. Yeah. Money well spent would not be an extra 10 grand to blue plate for the mystery dessert charges. That, <laughs> they worked that out. They that, worked that out. Yeah. They've smoothed everything out. Yeah, Talked to Canty out because yesterday. Canty put them on blast. Right. Right. Well, it's funny how that works. I would say that if I was going to a wedding, Chris Canty's, I, mean, I didn't get the invite, but if I was going to a wedding, Chris Canty's probably would be one who would, that would be on my list of weddings to go to. Cause it, it sounds fancy yeah. schmancy. And I still do like a, yes. a solid fancy schmancy wedding. Yes, no, I would absolutely want to go to that wedding because that would be, that would be something. And I, listen, I uh, I am excited for them. It is going to be uh, a tremendous day on Friday. And and frankly, I mean, you know, they've got so many events planned around this thing. This is like a whole. This is like you know, a, a festival more than a wedding this weekend. Yes, yes, and hopefully it's a happier marriage than Kevin Durant and the Nets. Speaking of. <laughs> We Look got that some, transition. We got some news uh, on that front yesterday, Chris, and, and y'all talked about this on Greeny. Kevin Durant being back with Brooklyn now four more years on his deal. 
Do you think he's under more pressure than anyone else in sports to win a championship? Yeah, it's interesting. We were talking about this a little bit this morning. Can you be under pressure if you just don't care? Like, Kevin Durant thinks uh, he, he follows what people say about him, and he gets annoyed by it and tweets back at people. And I'm not saying he doesn't care about winning a championship. He obviously wants to win a championship. But at the end of his career, is he going to lose a night's sleep if he doesn't win another one? Um, No, I don't think that's going to be something that will trouble him. It might bother him slightly. And I guess the the best way I can put it is that, like, I, I look at somebody like Jason Tatum, I look at somebody like Aaron Judge. Um, you know, these are athletes to me who absolutely need to win a championship uh, at some point in their career, and they have that need to it. Like, I, I think Kevin Durant wants to win a championship. Does he need to? Does he strike you as that guy that, you know, he went out on his own to try to do it on his own because I think that's what everybody kind of told him he had to do, but. I just, I think more than anything, he doesn't like to be criticized, but he's not going to be unhappier at the end of his career if he doesn't. So from that standpoint, like, I don't think he cares that much about the pressure. And so I don't know if I could say he's under pressure if he doesn't care about it that much. I actually tend to kind of agree that KD doesn't really need to win the championship, not really because he doesn't care about winning one, but Carlin, I don't really actually think the conversation changes that dramatically. Like, yes, some of the naysayers, I guess, will stop naysaying if he does it on his own, air quotes, so to speak. Nobody ever does it on their own, but whatever. You know what I mean, other than joining that Golden yeah. State team. But the reality is that even if he never wins another one, everyone's going to talk about Kevin Durant like he's the greatest offensive player of his generation. I mean, that that's where the conversation already is with Kevin Durant. So I don't really know if this idea of Kevin Durant being any greater carries any more weight if he wins a championship in Brooklyn or if he doesn't. I feel like people already have made up their minds about what kind of basketball player he is. Yeah, I mean, I I think all it will do will enhance what he is. But I I don't – I kind of agree that it's not going to change a whole lot there. You know what he's going to be viewed like? He'll he'll be viewed kind of similar to, to Wilt, I would think. Um, not in terms of, you know, the players that they were. Uh, they were obviously much different, but, you know, a dominating offensive player who won a couple of titles, but probably had a lot of chances to win more. And if you, I think if you told Kevin Durant, you're going to be viewed um, on the, you know, on the level or slightly above Wilt, I think he'd be okay with it. And Chris, real quick, before we let you go here, we talked about this at the start of the show. Speaking of pressure, how about the Buffalo Bills? Number one in the preseason power rankings on ESPN released today. You think it's Super Bowl or bust for the Bills? Can it possibly be for that franchise? It has to be at this point. It really does because the window is wide open for them this year and maybe next year, but that window closes a lot sooner uh, than any of us realize. It, It started to open up last year. Um, to get to that level. Josh Allen is obviously uh, at a whole other level himself, but we know uh, that it's never easy to go and, and continue to be able to put a high-level quality 
players uh, around him for the long term because you've got to can't pay everybody, right? So I, I think that the Bills are absolutely in that position right now. It's It has to be Super Bowl or bust. They are at that level. Well, I look forward to listening to you debate Amber on that for the next two and a half weeks <laughs> here on ESPN Radio. I mean, you guys already are counting the Bills out. Josh Allen's 26 years old. Everybody calm down. Everybody calm down. I'm not down, counting him out, but, no. you know, I listen, the window is wide open right now. He may have another window in a few years, but I think the, the city of Buffalo looks at this and says, we got to win it now. I totally agree. I totally agree. Thank you, Chris. Have fun this weekend not going to Chris Canty's wedding. I will. Uh, I, I will uh, enjoy that thoroughly, even though we have things to do. But I, he knows I love him, and he knows. He Did knows you send that, a good gift. Uh, his wedding was... will probably it'll probably be better without me. Was the gift good, Carlin? I, I think so. I sent him some champagne. I think it was oh, classy. That's always yeah, yeah, that's always le- well, depending <laughs> what kind of champagne. Uh, but yeah, it sounds lovely. Good job. Listen, uh, it's 12 bucks and it's a screw top, but, you know, uh, I think it's a high-level screw top. Still gets the deal. Sounds great to me. (laughs) Sounds great to me. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, guys. All right, well, coming up after this, some sneaky big news from the NBA about a big guy who is very thin. There's a little hint. See if you can decipher who we're talking about. That's next on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Canty and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. Back here on ESPN Radio, Drew Carter, Amber Wilson with you. And Amber, we've got some breaking news this afternoon. This is fun. Well, not totally fun for Oklahoma City Thunder fans. ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski is reporting that Chet Holmgren, OKC's star rookie, number two overall pick in this year's draft, is undergoing tests for a possible right foot injury suffered in a pro-am game Saturday in Seattle. That's what a team spokesman told Woj. Apparently, Chet is in the process of undergoing evaluation. When we have an update, we will communicate, and for sure, Woj will be all over it. This is a big blow for Oklahoma City. Chet Holmgren has looked amazing in summer league, looked pretty good in that pro-am game. Although it sounds like that's where he might have been injured. What do you think, Amber? Chet Holmgren may be out for a while. Yeah, he was playing in Jamal Crawford's the crossover pro-am in Seattle. And he went up to defend LeBron James. And reportedly, that's when this injury happened. He appeared to land awkwardly. He was limping as he tried to make his way back down the court. Then he left the game after that play. 
Short time later, the entire event was called off due to condensation on the court. However, his injury did not seem to be related to that issue. Apparently, it was just Chet Holmgren trying to, again, take on LeBron James, Drew. And that is the problem that a lot of people have had in terms of their fear for Chet Holmgren as we talk about him making his debut in the NBA is that he is somebody who people consider so undersized, right, in terms of his weight, in terms of his body composition and why does that matter well it matters if you're going up against the guys who are of LeBron James's size and LeBron James's strength and it feels like very early on in a pro-am which I'm always amazed in the NBA these guys like with these pro-ams that they're <laughs> playing in them all summer and like nobody has a problem with it in that sport nevertheless maybe they uh, do that's now. how it I mean maybe they do now it's how yeah. it works in that sport and yet this is a real concern when it comes to the durability of Chet Holmgren at the current weight that he is at. And I I mean, I don't want to overstate this, Drew, because we don't know the real result of this, but I do think that it goes to the point of the evaluation of Chet Holmgren surrounding that draft where that is where the concern lies with him. I hear you, Amber, but I got to push back on this point. It's a foot injury. It's a foot. Like, what do we want the guy to do? Curls with his big toe? I feel like the, the weight okay. thing doesn't really apply to his If anything, carrying less weight up top should be better for your feet, right? Well, first of all, I mean, there probably is some way to work out your foot. I don't know. But <laughs> I, you could strengthen your ankle, I'm sure, you know, do some, do some stuff. But the thing is, like, when it comes to injuries, everything's connected, right? Athletes will always tell you this. Everything's connected. Everything is affected by everything else. So if you're somebody with a smaller frame and you're going up against people who are much larger and much stronger than you, you find yourself in more difficult situations just in terms of maybe how you're stepping, how you're coming back down on that foot. You're making contact with somebody of LeBron James's stature. So that's causing you maybe to overcorrect in a way that you otherwise wouldn't. And so maybe that I understand what you're saying. It's not like he like, broke his arm because it was thin or whatever. I mean, I don't even know what we would compare that to, but like the real concern here with Chet Holmgren, it's not just that his bone structure would somehow be less durable. It's just that he weighs so much less and that you're going up against other guys that are so much bigger and stronger in terms of just their sheer weight that then what are you going to do when they're colliding with you when it's body on body? And and yes, you're trying to absorb that impact and then you step wrong and you step wrong and out potentially you have torn ligaments in your foot, which is a huge problem when you're talking about an NBA player who Oklahoma City was relying on and in a bright future. I mean, it's why he didn't end up being the number one pick in this draft. It's it's quite literally the reason because of his body composition. Yeah, as Evan, our producer, points out, the, the leg bones connected to the foot bone and the foot bones connected to – I can't remember that song. I do remember the president's <laughs> song from school, but but not the bone you, song. You do. You went through yeah. every president of the United States yesterday, yeah. which, frankly, I don't know what that skill does for you, <laughs> but um, it was it was enviable. It's content. Nevertheless, it's uh, I, I do think probably knowing like what your body is connected to, that's probably somewhat of a valuable skill, certainly valuable for the athlete, certainly valuable for Chet Holmgren to yes. now know yes. uh, what he needs to work on. But you're right. Like, what do you do about it if you're Holmgren? And that's that's the problem. It's not like it's not like he can put on weight in his foot. And yes, he could like try to overall put on weight. But like, let's be real. It's not like he's like trying to be this body composition that people have these concerns about. I mean, this is just how he is. This is his makeup right now at this age. Well, let me drop some spice on you, Amber. I actually think that 
this Chet Holmgren injury could be a good thing for OKC because now okay. they have an excuse not to play him. Now they have an excuse to tank, oh, not by okay. saying, hey, we're trying to lose, but actually by saying, hey, you know, this guy is our future. We don't want to put him at risk. I heard on the radio that his body composition is more fragile, so we don't <laughs> want to play him because his foot is injured. Now they can really go all in tanking for this kid, Victor Wembenyama, out of mm-hmm. France, who is apparently, everyone will tell you, everyone at ESPN, Jonathan Gavoni, Mike Schmitz when he was still here before going to the Portland front office, they'll all say that Victor Wembenyama is like the best thing since LeBron James. Now we've heard that about a bunch of guys. I remember when Jabari Parker was on the cover of Slam or SI as the next LeBron. Mm-hmm. But if they could really go and get Wembenyama, who's like seven foot four, out of France, sounds like a much better prospect than Rudy Gobert, who my team just traded four first-round picks for. That could be really scary if they pair those two guys together. That could be maybe the best set of big men we've seen in a long time in the NBA. So kind of four-dimensional chess here, Amber. Maybe this could be a good thing for the Thunder. Uh, I, first of all, I'm not sure that just Chet Holmgren would have disrupted their plans of still drafting uh, pretty high in this yeah, next upcoming draft. Maybe. Let's be real. I also think if you're an OKC fan, like you are genuinely disappointed because of how good Holmgren has looked in summer league and in these programs that he was playing in. I mean, he has really impressed on both ends of the court so far. And so I think that that adds to this disappointment because you're talking about a player that so far looks like they got incredible value for this guy who they didn't have to draft at number one and yet still could have hit on him like he's a number one pick. That's what it looked like in Salt Lake City and in Las Vegas during Summer League. And so now you're not possibly going to be able to see him in real NBA action. And I think that that's wildly disappointing for a franchise that, yes, Maybe this results in another pick, I guess. But, I mean, at some point here with these franchises, you want to actually see these picks work out and come to fruition. And it felt like they were kind of on their way there with Chet Holmgren, and now this has made an appearance. And even if this doesn't end up being a serious foot injury, again, it's that narrative around him that this just feeds into where, look, the first time he goes up against LeBron, look what happens to him and look what happens to his body. And so I just think that that is really disappointing. It's going to follow him around for a while. He's going to have a hard time shaking those questions about him for quite some time. Well, now Oklahoma City has a better excuse to go no victories for Victor, uh, no W's for Wembenyama. If, if you've got something better, a better tagline for tanking for Victor Wembenyama, call us in 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. It's Canty and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. Coming up, Stephen Jones says he has he's seen Dak Prescott's best training camp ever this summer. What has our Cowboys insider seen? Todd Archer joins the show. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
loved it. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Today it's Carter and Wilson. Drew Carter, Amber Wilson. Amber, you should be first. It's Wilson and Carter on ESPN there you Radio. Go. That that sounds that sounds <laughs> right. Only because this is your second show ever. Yeah, yeah that, so, that's totally So we'll give fair. you like a couple more, and then we can talk about reversing the names. Okay, okay. It's Wilson and Carter here on ESPN Radio. Now joined by Todd Archer, ESPN's Cowboys reporter. Todd's been covering the Cowboys throughout training camp as he has been for years. And Todd, let's start with what we heard Stephen Jones say about Dak Prescott recently, quote, his best camp that I've seen him have since he's been a Cowboy, end quote. Todd, what do you think? Is this Dak Prescott's best training camp? I mean, it it has to be up there, and it's certainly better than last year, right? Because remember, he barely practiced. Uh, He had a latissimus strain. They kept him off the field for all the preseason games and the the bulk of the practice work. So, Certainly better than last last summer, but he's been really good. He's been on top of things. Uh, he's been getting trying to get on the same page with the young wide receivers. Um, you know, and, and he's not the best of practice players because he try he tries things and he works on different things during practice, so he might make some mistakes. But when he gets to competitive periods in practice, either two minute drills or eleven on eleven work, that's where he steps up his game. And yeah, I would I would tend to agree with what Stephen Jones said that this has been his his best training camp he's had. But but again, if we're comparing it to last year, yeah, it's a heck of a lot better than last year when he was watching as much as I was. He was watching last year. This will be the first offseason, I think three years, that he's fully healthy and a full participant. Uh, but let's get an update, speaking of those wide receivers from you, on Michael Gallup. What's the latest? Well, they, they could have put him on uh, reserves PUP yesterday, which would have cost them the four games first four games of the season they didn't do that so that tells you that there's some optimism that he can play at some point in September now he's already ruled himself out of the opener against Tampa as he comes back from the knee injury but ran some routes last week in Los Angeles uh caught some passes from Dak Prescott still has a ways to go but Mike McCarthy has called this the fourth quarter of his of his uh, rehab and said everything has gone gone well so if it, it won't be week one it might not be week two it could be weeks three or four that he's back there, and that tells you that the Cowboys will keep him on the active roster when they have to get down to 53 players next week. Todd, even when Gallup comes back, how much do you expect C.D. Lamb to dominate targets in this offense? Because it's been a while since we've seen one Cowboys receiver command you know, 25-plus percent of the targets in the offense. Is Lamb going to be in that range or even higher this year, you think? He has to be in that range when you look at every what what else they have. Even with Gallup, when he comes back, here's a guy that's not done much of anything the entire summer. So, you, you know, the rest of the guys you're talking about, Jalen Tolbert, a third-round pick, Noah Brown, who has, I think, 39 catches in his career, uh, Dennis Houston, an undrafted free agent, Semi Fehoko didn't play last year as a rookie. So if he doesn't get the bulk of the targets, then Dalton Schultz, the tight end, will. Um, but one thing that, that has been true about Dak since he's been here, and he said it since his first start, I throw it to the open guy. And, you know, we can call Amari Cooper a number one receiver uh, the, the last few years, but his target percentage wasn't up there with the guys we all think about as the alpha dog number one lead guy. But I do think you'll see CD 
it has to take the, the, the lead in that respect because of what's around him. It's either going to be CeeDee Lamb or Dalton Schultz, and, and they better hope that they can have somebody else step up because they might be an easy team to defend if you just double CD and, and you want to do something with to take the tight end away or live with the tight end catching some stuff underneath. But, yeah, I think CD will be the number one target targeted player, and I think that percentage has to be higher than what it's been lately. Speaking of stepping up, let's talk about the help in the backfield. Do you see a scenario, Todd, where Tony Pollard becomes the featured back? I mean, short of, of course, Zeke being injured. Could it happen anyways? No. Um, I, I know every, the, the fantasy people are going to hate me for that answer, but no, the answer to that question is unless there's an injury and you laid it out. But no, this Zeke will still be the bell cow running back. He'll be the guy that gets the majority of the carries. And I have something coming up on ESPN.com later in the week about how they plan to use Pollard and what they, what they want to do. And some of it is replacing the receptions that they lost from Amari Cooper and Cedric Wilson in free, agent, free agency and using that with Tony Pollard. So it won't be the carries, but it'll be the touches for Pollard that I think you'll see increase. But at the end of the day, Zeke is still going to have, let's just say, 235, 40 carries, and Tony Pollard will be at 140 carries, if you're looking at it that way. Touches might be more spread out, but I still think Zeke is going to be this team's lead running back this year. And then who knows if the starting running back in 2023 is on this team's roster because we know Zeke's contracts are out of the guaranteed money after this year and Pollard will be an unrestricted free agent. So I, I still think this is going to be Zeke's show when they want to run the ball, especially when they get down towards the goal line. That's what he's really good at. He scored 10 touchdowns a year ago. I don't see them getting anywhere near like a 50-50 split even between the two running backs. Yeah, keep an eye on ESPN.com for that piece from Todd, especially if you play fantasy football. How about for the folks who don't play fantasy football, Todd? Let's talk about the defense for a second. Surprisingly good, I think, last year. Could it actually be better this year? I'm one of those people that doesn't play fantasy football, so (laughs) maybe I'm I'm speaking to myself. But, yeah, I – you know, you look at Micah Parsons and what he did as a rookie, and, geez, can you really expect him to be better? Well, this summer he's looked really good, especially in those joint practices against the Broncos and, and the Chargers. So we're not going to see him in the preseason. You look at the rest of the pieces that they have, that defensive line, we have a 53-man roster projection coming out. I, I could have made the case for 13 guys making the team. Obviously not going to happen, but that's as deep as this team's ever been since I've been covering them along the defensive front. Jaron Kerr, second-year in this system, led the team in tackles a year ago. They signed Anthony Barr. They have Leighton Vanderesh, uh, Trayvon Diggs coming off for an all-pro season. There's a lot of pieces in play for this defense to be even better than they were a year ago. I don't think you can see them get the takeaways that they were able to get a year ago because that that number was so ridiculously high. But I can see them playing just a, a much tougher brand of football where they're not allowing 21 points a game, which is what I think they allowed a year ago. This is for the first time since I've been covering this team, the identity of the Cowboys might be shifting to the defense and, Dan, and what Dan Quinn's been able to do with these guys. For so long, it's been about their offense and hope the defense can kind of hold the team down a little bit and have the offense carry the day. I think it might be switch, might switch around a little bit this year. Good stuff, Todd. The season's just around the corner. Enjoy it, man. Thanks for joining us. Thank, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. All right, coming up here on Canty and Carlin, you got to hear how mad Chris Canty got at people making Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes comparisons. Canty's not here today, but he is in spirit, and this is worth sticking around for. That's next on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. 
10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. You can't miss Canty and Carlin, pound for pound, the biggest show on ESPN radio. Amber Wilson with you here ESPN radio and I think only one of us was flipped off on the way to work this morning Amber did you get flipped off today driving in well well, no but that's also because I'm working from my house so it would have been really strange (laughs) if I had gotten flipped off driving to work at my house you know that would have been pretty extreme like my husband or or son would have had to be right my three-year-old son (laughs) highly inappropriate if he was flipping me off already at this point husband might be a different conversation how did you get flipped off well it was totally unfair uh let me lay it out for you uh, I had just left my house and uh, I was going straight through an intersection I had the green light right so the people trying to turn left through that intersection had to yield am I wrong I mean th- this is all right right this checks out if you had the green light yes I, I follow you I was you, going straight. you have the right away yes so they should have yielded and Correct. they did yield but as I'm cruising through the intersection at a very safe speed I've got my head on a swivel I'm looking around <laughs> And I somehow at, I believe that, Drew. I mean, we, we, yeah. we're we just getting to know one another. Somehow I believe that you drive at a safe speed. Yes. Well, thank you. I don't know if that's a compliment <laughs> or a criticism. But as I'm driving through the intersection, I look to my left and I catch a glimpse of the woman trying to turn left through the intersection, flipping me off. I Whoa. had the right of way. You did have the right of way. I guess she thought that you were going to tap your brakes and, and give an old courtesy tap and let her go. No but chance. I don't really I don't really understand that one either. Are you a flipper offer in traffic? Never. Not once in my life. I've actually only honked, I think, once ever in my really? life. Really? It's just not you, worth it. Wow. It's look not at worth it. Are you, Amber? You? Uh, no, I'm not because okay. I do not want to find out who is in the car that I am making that gesture to. Yes. Because I feel like that can sometimes go horribly awry and uh, yeah, I've lived in some places, you know, I just, I, I'd prefer, but also because I just don't, I try not to anyways, get that emotional about driving. Yes. I've had people flip me off as well. I don't understand people that get so darn emotional right. and I, I get it. Like you can be frustrated in traffic, particularly if it's bumper or bumper rush hour traffic, but I feel like everybody just needs to take a deep breath and yes. realize that you're in a good situation if you have a car and you're mm-hmm. able to transport yourself places and that life ain't so bad, you know? We're all going to get to where we're trying to go. But let the record show that Amber just said, I've lived in some places. Have you not lived in Florida your entire life? Try I have, but I lived in Miami for a long time. And when I lived in Miami, I wasn't flipping off the wrong person. I'm going to be honest yeah, with you. That is fair. Yeah, so... There's no wonder why Amber has not made a habit of flipping people off in the car. But if anyone does that or if anyone lays on the horn, just listen to us right now. It's not worth it. Relax. Deep breath. It's going to be okay. 
Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson, Drew Carter filling in for the guys today. Chris Canty has been pretty passionate about a certain topic this week. And before we get to what Chris Canty said about Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, let's get to the root of this discussion. Why is everyone comparing these two great quarterbacks? Well, it's because of something Sammy Watkins said. This comes to us from Packers.com comparing the two quarterbacks he's played with. Early in camp, Randall Cobb asked you in front of your locker, said Mahomes <laughs> or Rogers, you said, I think Pat is incredibly good, but A-Rod is on a whole nother level. He's amazing how he controls the ball, how he put everybody in place. I've been with a lot of quarterbacks, and I've never seen them carry themselves like Aaron Rodgers. That's again from Packers.com. Now, everyone in Kansas City might have gotten the pitchforks out. Everyone at ESPN Radio got the pom-poms out rejoicing. Yes, this is great content content to discuss here on ESPN Radio. What do we think about Mahomes versus Rodgers? Chris Canty has some thoughts. To say that Aaron Rodgers is on a different level, head and shoulders above Pat Mahomes, to me is just blasphemous. Remind me of this. How many Super Bowls has Aaron Rodgers played in, Carlin? One. How many Super Bowls has Pat Mahomes played in? Two. I just don't understand. For And then the other part of this is there has not been a quarterback that has won more games through their first 50 starts in NFL history than Pat Mahomes. I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous. You're out of your minds if you can if you feel like you can definitively say that Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback. He's better at his job than Pat Mahomes is at his job. Strong take from Chris Canty. We've heard from Sammy Watkins. We've heard from Canty. Amber, what say you, Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes? Uh, Chris Canty, I think, is taking out all of his uh, (laughs) wedding week jitters on this conversation. Incredibly passionate, right, about this idea that you would have the goal to call Aaron Rodgers better than Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the thing is that Canty mentioned there the success that Patrick Mahomes has had in a very early NFL career. It's remarkable. There's no denying that. But I guess I could also use that against Patrick Mahomes here if I want to play devil's advocate, where I've seen Aaron Rodgers play quite literally hundreds of games. Hundreds. That's how long he's been in the league, whereas I've seen Patrick Mahomes play dozens. Now he's played those dozens of games very, very well, but what is it going to look like when he's played hundreds, right? Presumably, this success that he has had in an early NFL career, and I recognize the Super Bowls that he's already won as part of that, doesn't necessarily keep up here over the next 10 or 15 years that he remains in the league doing what Aaron Rodgers has done. So just from that perspective, the body of work is so much longer for Aaron Rodgers that you could argue that's more impressive the fact that he's been doing it for as long as he has been doing it because we know it is very very hard to stay on top even though Patrick Mahomes has been on top thus far Aaron Rodgers has been on top for decades and I get that the knock against Aaron Rodgers is that it doesn't result in the Super Bowl rings that obviously has a lot to do of course with the team around him as well and we're about to see what that transition looks like for Patrick Mahomes as the Chiefs kind of have a new look this season and will have several new looks, of course, as Aaron Rodgers' career proceeds. It's all a lot different when your quarterback ain't on that rookie contract anymore and when all of a sudden that money doesn't
spread around as easily anymore. And when Tyreek Hill leaves you because you can't pay him what he commands, because again, you paid Patrick Mahomes so much. And that is what has been happening to the Green Bay Packers for a very long time with Aaron Rodgers. That's what happens when you have a future Hall of Famer at that quarterback position on your staff. So that would be the conversation is that it's a little premature to be able to make this true comparison from Patrick Mahomes' perspective and Aaron Rodgers' perspective. For that reason, I have a hard time getting super passionate about this conversation, <laughs> but I do appreciate that Chris Canty just brought the pa- – he brought the LeBron MJ passion mm-hmm. to Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. I'm not sure this one is quite as serious yet. Yeah, you know, it's not just the longevity you mentioned with Aaron Rodgers, Amber. It's also the fact that he's still at the top of his game. I mean, he's the back-to-back reigning MVP. It's not like he's at the tail end of his career. I mean, he probably is at the tail end, but he's not playing like it. It's a very Brady-esque last act of his career if Aaron Rodgers does hang it up, whether it's after this year or in a couple years down the road. Uh, Third and fourth MVPs of his career, by the way. So I I don't think it's as obvious as Canty does. I understand the business that we're in. You want to have a strong take, but I'm with you. I think they're both awesome. You know, to be honest, when I, I saw the Sammy Watkins quote, I was like, do we really have to do this? They're both really good. And a lot of it comes down to their supporting cast. Well, I feel like all Sammy Watkins is doing also is like going yes. with the guy he's playing with now. It's like what Tyreek did with yes. Tua, where he's like, oh, Tua is very accurate. And then everyone's like, oh, he hates Patrick Mahomes. It's, right. it's like, no, right. man, he's just trying to beef up the dude who's throwing him the football yes. right now. I feel like that's what Watkins is doing. Watkins first started out saying originally last week, we got the quote from Watkins that Aaron Rodgers is the most prepared quarterback out of the quarterbacks he's worked with. Everyone freaked out like, oh, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson right. are preparing right. the same way. And really, I think what Sammy Watkins is just saying is that maybe it's a little bit different when the dude is 38 years old, which, again, Patrick Mahomes, a 26-year-old quarterback. So is Lamar Jackson. Like, Sammy Watkins has played with some young quarterbacks. It is going to be different in 10 years for those guys when they can read the game even that much better, read defenses even that much better. Patrick Mahomes, it may not be the coach out there that Aaron Rodgers is out there right now. That's not even a knock on Patrick Mahomes. That's just the fact that Patrick Mahomes is 26. Aaron Rodgers is 38 and like you said still at the very tip top of his game which is somebody who is is it's far closer to Aaron Rodgers age and you're far closer to Patrick Mahomes age and I can just tell you I should get extra points for being able to do this right now a little bit older than you uh, but certainly for those guys playing football I think Aaron Rodgers should get extra points in fact that he's still playing at that level yeah. in his late 30s it's pretty remarkable and you put the guy on the spot about his current teammate what is he supposed to say I actually appreciate the candor, or at least fake candor from Sammy Watkins, taking a side on this issue as opposed to just saying, you know, they're both really great. I've enjoyed working with all of them. Like, if you ask me that question right now, do I prefer working with you, Amber, or like my college roommate I hosted a show with a few years ago? (laughs) I'll be like, yeah, Amber's actually way better. This is a a massive upgrade. In this case, it actually turns out to be true. Of course. But what else are you supposed to say? So the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, is he better than Holmes? We don't know. Another team that came up short in the playoffs last year. That's next. Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.